continue our, our season of growing as a community of praise on the holiday question trivia for you. What in the church calendar, not, not our little C church, big C church, worldwide church, global church, historical church, what is the holiday that we celebrate today? Pentecost. There you go. You guys should go on like Jeopardy Bible edition or something. It's impressive. So if you don't know what Pentecost is, uh, if you want to look at it later, Acts chapter 2, some call it the birthday of the church. Jesus, having risen from the dead, told his disciples to go and pray that he was going to send the Holy Spirit on them to be the power source of the church to fulfill the mission of God uh, in, in redeeming and renewing and setting right what is wrong and broken in the world. So the disciples go into what's called the upper room, and they begin to pray, and they seek God. And then something remarkable happens. God pours out the Holy Spirit on the church. And if you're familiar with the story, it happens through a pretty dramatic expression of the Holy Spirit coming. Acts chapter 2 records like this, that it was like tongues of fire descended upon them, and they began to speak in other tongues. Right? They began to speak in other languages, praising God in languages they didn't know. Like you might know a language, maybe two, Maybe three, if you're, if you're kind of very gifted that way, right? This wasn't talking about languages that they knew. This was languages they did not know, but they're praising God. And then remarkably enough, the people around them, hearing the praise go forth in all these various languages, would come in and be like, wait, that's the language that we speak in my hometown. How in the world are you praising God in that language? And it was so powerful that 3,000 people came to Christ that day. That's why I say it was the birthday of the church, right? That's what we celebrate today. We look back on, reflect upon the giving of the Holy Spirit to the church. And one of the things that we saw in that Pentecost story was that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which speaking in tongues is one of those, was a very meaningful part of the expression of praise of the early followers of Jesus. And we're actually going to look at that topic today as we continue our discussion on praise, we're going to look at speaking in tongues. You're like, oh, I came to church on a spicy day. That's interesting. <laughs> interesting topic there, Zach. Uh, anybody ever had a, a crick in your back or in your neck that you go to a, uh, you know, a chiropractor or like one of those chair massage people? Anybody done that? We've got a few, right? I've been there a time or two where you just sleep wrong and you're kind of out of line and you need some help getting back in line. The portion of scripture that we're going to look at today. We're going to read about a church that was in an ancient city called Corinth that was really into spiritual gifts. They were really into this man. God has given the Holy Spirit to the church to fulfill the mission of God. And yet as they were pursuing this, they, they kind of got a little out of line. They kind of got a little unbalanced. And the Apostle Paul is one of the early leaders in the church. is writing to them this letter. And he's trying to realign them. He's trying to bring them back to a place of health. They had their own perspectives, their own way of expressing uh, these spiritual gifts. And Paul is trying to help them kind of get back in line in a way that would really honor Jesus and build up his people. And as we read through this, my question for us in this room is, what are the ways that we might be out of line? What are the ways that we might have a, a crick, so to speak, in our, in our spiritual neck or back that we need that masseuse or that chiropractor of the Word of God to come in and what area might he work on in us? 
Because in our church, I realized when we started to talk about this in the context of praise, we have some people that would be like, man, finally we're talking about tongues. This is like the best day ever, and we just need to talk about this all the time. I've been waiting, Zach, for you to get your act together so that we could focus in on this because this is a big deal, right? That might be you. Okay, great. Uh, there might be others of you that are like, hmm, this is secretly why I started coming to this church. I'm interested in the Holy Spirit. But it's kind of like who you vote for. You don't really tell people who you vote for. You do it private. You know what I mean. That's why all those polls are so far off. You never know who's going to win. Right? It's like I'm interested in the Holy Spirit, but I, I don't know. Do I, do I show that card? Do I, do I let everyone know? But maybe that's why you, you showed up. That's why you started coming here. It's like I heard this church practices the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, in a way that's rooted and saturated in Scripture. I'm here to learn. Um, others of you, you might be like... Uh, this, this is how I am. I've been known to be a backseat driver. So my wife, we had this conversation this weekend. Would you please, while I'm driving, not make any noises or movements over there? I've been known to put my hand on the dashboard or put my foot up on the dashboard when I think we need to break and she's not breaking in time. Right? And as I start to talk about tongues, you're like, oh, I'm putting my hand on the dashboard, foot up on the dashboard, break, Zach, break, break. You know, like internally, like you're like, I don't, this makes me just feel really uncomfortable, right? That's okay. Wherever you are, that's all right. What my hope for you as your pastor is that as we look at the Word of God, that we would take a step toward Jesus, we take a step toward walking with Him today. And one of the things I love about this community is that we have said that the Word of God is our authority for our life and practice together. So we want to look to the Word of God and let it, man, we'd probably be in a hundred different spots in here today, but let the Word of God realign us, bring us into alignment with all that Jesus has for us. Because you know what Jesus has for you is good, and we want to be where he's moving, right? So we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 14. Let God speak to us wherever you find yourself today. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Paul writes, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Now, this is an interesting place to start this discussion with the Corinthians on the gifts of the Spirit, particularly he's going to talk about prophecy and tongues as we go through here. He starts out pointing them towards love. If you've read this letter before, you know 1 Corinthians 13, the passage that comes immediately before this, is kind of the famous discourse in Scripture on what love looks like. You might have heard it at a wedding. You might have memorized it. If you were a kid growing up in church, it might be something you see on artwork on a wall, right? He has pointed the Corinthians. When we're talking about spiritual gifts, we want to find them rooted in the context of love. And that's where he begins his discussion in chapter 14. One of the ways that I'd encourage you to think about this is if you think about our solar system, you think about the sun being the center of gravity, the thing that everything orbits around. If you're one of those flat earthers, I don't know if you believe that. That's probably a different discussion for a different day. Um, but you get the idea. We orbit around the sun. There's a gravitational pull there. In walking with Jesus and in thinking about gifts of the Spirit, the gravitational pull, the centerpiece, the center point, is this idea of love. Loving Jesus with everything that we have. Loving ourselves. Loving those in the community of faith. Loving our neighbor, those outside 
the community of faith. It kind of begins and ends with this idea of walking in love with one another. That's the gravitational center, and that's where the conversation about spiritual gifts centers around. You see, for the Corinthians, things had gotten out of balance in this area. They had made the gravitational uh, kind of center for their community was the expression of spiritual gifts, and particularly the gift of tongues. In fact, that's the way they would relate to one another. Bible scholars tell us it kind of became the big deal of who could speak in tongues the most, what different ways could they speak in tongues, and it was kind of like a merit chart in their church. And Paul, the master chiropractor, the master, you know, uh, masseuse, is working on that. He said, hey, no, no, that's not the center point. The center point is loving God and loving people. And when we talk about spiritual gifts, it comes in context with that. It orients around that gravitational center. So he starts out pursuing love, pursue love, and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Now, spiritual gifts in that sense is actually translated into English spiritual gifts. But in the original Greek, if you're taking notes, it means things of the spirit. So it's kind of a little bit broader sense than what we might think. But he's saying when we're talking about the inclination of our attitude, the inclination of our desires, the inclination of our approach, he's saying, I want you to lean in towards love, and I want you to lean in towards the things of the Spirit. So we're not going to have what I'd say most of our church has. We're challenged in this. Most of our church, I would say, we are open but cautious when it comes to the things of the Spirit. Hey, I believe God could do that. I believe God would want to do that if he wants to. And if he wants to, I, I'll, I'll take that, right? But we're cautious. We're a little, ooh, I don't know, right? And here the Word of God is actually leaning on us a little bit. The chiropractor is popping a little bit, right? He said, hey, I want you to be leaning forward toward love and toward the things of the Spirit. That's where he's counseling them. That's a good word for us today as we begin our discussion, right? So if you've got your foot up on the dashboard like I sometimes do, it's like, man, you probably need to take that down. Let the Word of God bring some alignment here so we're leaning in toward the things of the Spirit centered around the gravitational center Loving God and loving people. And he said, especially of those spiritual gifts that you may prophesy. Now, I don't have time today to get into all that this means. I will say we have a course called Everyday Prophecy. We offered it in the fall and the spring. We'll offer it again this coming fall where if you're like, you know, that's not my background. I'd like to grow. What does it mean? Like prophetic ministry. I'd like to be a part of that. You can sign up for the course. I think it's free uh, that you can do it participate and grow. We are a community that wants to pursue prophetic ministry. We want to live this out, that prophecy, this idea of communicating things that God wants to speak through his church to one another to build us up in love. We want to be about that. We want that to be a mark on who we are. We are wholeheartedly responding to this word and wanting to pursue and wanting to grow in all that that means. He goes on in verse 2, and he begins to speak about uh, the topic for today, speaking in tongues. In verse 2, he says, For the one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands it, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. Now again, for this church in Corinth, they had made speaking in tongues the centerpiece of their life and practice, right? I would say, as your pastor, that's not the centerpiece of where we are today. And so when we hear this word, we need to hear what was being spoken to them, but we need to ask the Lord for insight in how does that shape us or what would God speak to us through this word today? And we can learn some things 
about the gift of tongues from this passage of Scripture. First, we see that when we speak in tongues, that it's not speaking to men, but to God. So that's interesting. We want to grow in our relationship with Jesus. We've seen the way we talk to God is through prayer, right? It's through praise. That's why we're taking time to praise and grow in praise. Here we see a third method or medium of speaking to God through speaking in tongues. So we see Paul not pushing it to the side, not devalidating it, not kind of writing it off, but saying, hey, this is a way to speak to God and specifically to utter mysteries in the spirit. Now that word mysteries just means things that we don't understand. And if you've ever been in an environment or with a friend where someone is speaking in tongues, you probably don't understand what they're saying, right? But Paul's not devalidating that. He's actually saying, hey, they're communicating mysteries in the Holy Spirit to God. Let me expand or give us a working definition of tongues built off this. This is from N.T. Wright, who's perhaps the leading New Testament scholar in our day. Talking about tongues, he says, tongues refers to the gift of speech, right? We saw that it's speaking. Through making sounds and using apparent or even actual languages, somehow that bypasses the speaker's conscious mind. Such speech is experienced as a stream of praise in which, though the speaker may not be able to articulate what precisely is being said, a sense of love for God, of adoration, and gratitude wells up and overflows. It's like a private language of love. It's a great working definition of speaking in tongues, right? I'll put that in the newsletter this week if you didn't have time to write it down. I think if you're learning about this for the first time, that's a great place to consider and look at. It's just a good definition. So Paul's told us that speaking in tongues speaks to God and it utters mysteries in the Spirit. In verse, thir in verse 3, he goes back to speaking about prophecy. On the other hand, so not like speaking to God. On the other hand, prophecy, we speak to people for their upbuilding, their encouragement, and their consolation. Does anybody in here need to be encouraged today? I would raise my hand, right? When you come to church, it's to be built up and not beat up. And the ministry of the Spirit through prophecy is one of the ways in which we're encouraged. So if you need encouragement, you're like, man, I, I'm happy that we're pursuing the prophetic as a church, okay? In verse 4, he goes back to talking about tongues. And he says, the one who speaks in tongues builds up himself. But the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, question, and it's not a trick question. Do you need to be built up and encouraged? Yes. 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 I need to be built up and encouraged a whole lot, right? What we see here is that Paul is saying, that speaking in tongues, this private prayer language or language of praise that's a ministry of the Spirit, builds us up, it encourages us, it strengthens us. He's saying prophecy strengthens the church, it strengthens other people. Praying in tongues strengthens you. Is that a bad thing? No. I like it to this. Jesus said that we're to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. If you don't love yourself... It's very hard to express that love to your neighbor, right? It's going to be very hard to consistently build up and encourage others if we're not taking time to build ourselves up as well. 
right? And tongues is one of the ways in which we can build ourselves up in the Spirit. One example or testimony that I think is helpful to think about in this kind of aspect, I'll show you a picture of this woman named Jackie Pullinger. Maybe. There you go, old Jackie. She's a little bit pixelated there, um, but you can look her up online. She's a woman, a British woman, who has ministered in Hong Kong for years and years and years. She went to Hong Kong in her early 20s, uh, following Jesus, felt like God had called her there to minister to the poor and broken of that city. When she got there, she found one of the significant problems was a number of people addicted to drugs that the world had kind of forgotten about. They had built their own kind of community within a community called the Walled City. And it was marked by crime and drug abuse. And she found as a 20-something called by God right there. You know that you're following Jesus if you look around you and there's a lot of devastation and problems around you. That's probably right where Jesus wants you to be and that's where she found herself. And she found herself facing challenges that were bigger than what she could kind of figure out. Another key indicator that you're following Jesus when you find yourself in situations that are beyond what you can pull off in your own strength, right? Sounds like a good place for God to be on the move. So she starts loving these drug addicts. She starts trying to help them. And one of the things as they come to Jesus and begin to try and walk with him that she sees over and over again is people falling back into old lifestyle habits specifically related to drug addiction. Now, she doesn't know what to do. She's a girl out there loving people, sharing Jesus with people, discipling people, and yet she keeps seeing these people that she's ministering to fall back these really destructive lifestyles related to addiction. And so she goes to the Word of God. She learns about the gift of tongues. And she said, man, maybe one of the things that God would have me do is teach these people how to speak in tongues, how to pray in tongues, so that they would be built up and have the strength the inner fortitude to overcome some of the temptations that they're facing. So she began to teach the people that she was ministering to how to pray in tongues and what she found, the word of God, to be true. Because it is true, she saw people built up in their inner man, finding strength to walk away from destructive lifestyle choices, habits, temptations that had marked them, played them, or destroyed their lives. Now, Is that me saying that every drug treatment center in the world should have speaking in tongues as a part of this curriculum? No, that's not my industry. I don't know. I don't know. What I am trying to share with you is to give you a picture of, oh, being built up through speaking in tongues is kind of an inner strength. And I imagine that you and I, maybe our issue is drug addiction. Maybe it's not. But I think we can all relate to temptations that want to pull us back from following Jesus and how speaking in tongues can be a way that we can be built up in our inner person, in our spirit, to have power over the temptation that we're facing through practicing this method or this gift of praise. That's what he said here. So, they build themselves up. Verse 5, now I want you all to speak in tongues. Now think about this. This is Paul, the great theologian, who kind of took the, the, the... the, the mysteries of God and wrote them down in books like Romans that thousands of years later, scholars are still studying and marveling at. Paul the theologian saying, I want you all to speak in tongues. This is Paul the great evangelist who everywhere he went was seeing people come to know Jesus. And here's his word of encouragement to the church. I want you all to speak in tongues. 
Here's Paul, the pastor that loved people and poured his heart out for him, saying, I want you all to speak in tongues. It's not just to the old or the young. It's not just to the spiritually mature or the spiritually immature. It's not just to the men or to the women. It's not just to whoever it might be. The word is all. I want you all to speak in tongues. So again, the word of God is reorienting our posture towards this gift. Depending on your background, that might be something new to you, but it's awakening a hunger of, man, here, there's a desire here that I would walk in this gift, right? Next thing he says, though, is even more that you would prophesy in verse 5. And so while there's a hunger to walk in the gift of tongues, there's an orientation that it is not central. Remember, love is central, Prophecy is something that Paul's encouraging to these Corinthians because it builds up the church. And so while tongues is important, Paul is not putting it in the central preeminent place. So it's something to hunger after, but it's not the main thing. Jesus is the main thing. And as he's the main thing, he's going to awaken hunger for the things of the Spirit in our lives, especially the ministry of prophecy and speaking in tongues. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so the church may be built up. Again, the Corinthians were like, hey, speaking in tongues is the thing above all things, above all things, right? And Paul's kind of popping the back there. He's working on them. He's like, eh, it's important, but it's not the main thing, right? It's not the main thing, right? You want to pursue prophecy. You want to pursue love. Verse 5, I'm sorry, verse 13, if you'll skip down. Continuing the same discussion. It says, therefore, one who speaks in tongues should pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So now we learn a couple of new facts about speaking in tongues. That when we pray in tongues, that our minds, it's not coming from kind of the logical center of your brain. It's, it's praying with your spirit. Interestingly enough, the New York Times has a semi-obsession with the gift of tongues. If you look on Google, man, they've read lots of articles on speaking in tongues. A few years ago, they came out with one that did brain scans on people when they were singing a song of praise versus when they were praying in tongues. What they said was so interesting is that in singing a song of praise, kind of the language centers of the brain were activated on these brain scans. When they were praying in tongues or singing in tongues, Different parts not associated with language were activated in the brain. Their point was, yeah, it seems like that there's praying in a known language, which, which activates kind of what we might call our minds. And here's Paul talking about when we pray in tongues, we're praying with our spirits. Verse 15, so what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. So what's Paul advocating? Taking time to be a person and a community of prayer with your mind in languages that are understandable to you. Praying, as we might think of the word prayer. But he's also saying, we want to be a people that pray with our spirit. We want to be a people that practice praying in tongues. He says, I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will also sing praise, or I'll also sing with my mind. So even we get the idea of singing in tongues as a valid expression of this gift. 
Verse 16, otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in the position of an outsider say amen to your thanksgiving when he does not know what you're saying? For you may be giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up. So now how does that verse fit in? Remember, Paul is talking to these Corinthians in the context of when they come together in a church gathering like this or in a life group. He said, hey, when you come together, this is the time for you to be singing or praying in tongues in such a way that it distracts others, in such a way that it throws people off, in such a way it's like, what's going on with that person? Right? Because you can't understand what's happening. So when you come together, I want you to praise and to pray with your mind. I want you to pray and ask God for prophetic words that other people would understand that would build up the community. Okay? Now that's different than the private expression because he goes on to say in verse 18 something Surprising, at least to me, he said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Paul's talking a little trash there. It's kind of like laying it down, like, oh, you think you're a big deal? I speak in tongues more than all of you. Wow. What does that mean? When Paul's talking about it, he's talking about his private devotional life, his private expression, prayer, and praise. So what we can take away from that is, man, this is something that we want to pursue, we want to make part of our private life in God. Even when we come together, you can pray in tongues without anyone hearing you. Right? You can do it silently or under your breath. Saying, go for it. Seek to excel in this gift. But have the attitude when you come together that you want to build up the body. You want to encourage people. You want to be a part of the church being built up, not just yourself being built up. And he closes in verse 19, Nevertheless in church, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Again, that idea of when we come together, we want to build one another up. We want to see the church strengthen, the people of God strengthen. But it doesn't negate or detract from in our private life or even in our personal times of worship when we're together to being a people who utilize and operate and practice this gift because there are many benefits to it. So what are some takeaways kind of as we sit back and, and chew on that? What are some takeaways that I see for us as a community? As we pursue this together, you can know that this is not going to be a house or a community where you walk in and people are like yelling at you in tongues. Some of you, I know that's been your experience in other fellowships. And so you kind of have a little scorched earth area in your life where you've got your foot up on the dashboard for a good reason. You're like, man, you don't know where I'm from or what's going on. This makes me nervous. That's not how we're going to practice it here. We're going to seek to live out these scriptures, right? At the same time, we want to be a people in our private lives that practice the gift of speaking or even singing in tongues. And when we're together, you can pray or you can even sing under your breath in tongues as long as it's not distracting the person next to you or bring a scene, kind of making them like, what in the world is going on? Right? You can do that. But our attitude, our orientation is, man, I'm here to build up the church. I'm here to build up one another. God, give me a word for somebody that would just encourage, that would comfort, that would strengthen them today. But again, as we pursue prophetic ministry, we're not backing off speaking in tongues. We're just doing it in the right order. We're allowing, allowing the chiropractor, Paul, and the Holy Spirit to bring right order to our expression of this. Okay? Sound good? So here's what we're going to do now. 
We're going to close with a song of worship. You can come on up, Jeremy. And we're just gonna we're gonna praise God in a, in, a, in English. Okay, so don't don't get weirded out. I told you we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna try and practice the way the Scripture teaches. But I want to challenge you this week if you have this gift to what's a way that you can put this into practice this week? Maybe in your own private devotional time. Maybe when you're driving down 75, instead of screaming at the person who cut you off in English, maybe you could praise God in tongues in that moment. It might help you. You know, I want you to figure out what's one step for you that you could take a step forward in growing in praise this week. If you don't have this gift, I want to encourage you to ask the Lord for it. To begin to pray and to seek God and say, God, I, 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 want, I want this gift. I want all that you have for me. And then as you seek God, let God be God and distribute gifts the way that he wills, right? If today, if you'd like someone to pray for you, to receive this gift of tongues after the service, we'll have a prayer team over here available to pray for folks. And we're believing God wants to pour out this gift today. That's awesome. If you're like, I still have my foot up on the dashboard, Zach. I, I just, I don't know. I don't agree with this. You can email joe.paulino. Just kidding. You send, send me an email. I'd love to talk with you, hear your experience, and just walk with you um, through this. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to worship together. Jesus, thank you that you're awesome. Thank you that you're beautiful and majestic and good and kind and merciful and generous. And then your heart is that we will be built up in love for you and in love for other people, Lord. And I pray that as we worship, that that would be something that's just overarching in this house, that we'd be a place where people are built up but not beat up, Lord. And I pray that you would help all of us to grow in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You'd help us to grow as a people of praise. And helping for those of us that have this gift that you've given to us, so I pray that we'd be faithful in exercising it, that we wouldn't put it to the side or Forget about it, but we walk faithfully in stewarding this gift, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship. Amen. Let's stand. There's nothing more that could ever come close. Nothing can compare. Your Yeah.